episode 40 of the Bolt from the Blue podcast. Um, we're here to review the League Cup semi-final Manchester City nine Burton Albion 0. That is the largest ever margin of defeat in the semi-final of this competition and the heaviest League Cup defeat by any side since a certain Liverpudlian team beat Fulham 10-0 back in September 1986. In the house tonight, we have three fantastic guests. I'm going to start off with the first one. We have Walter Smith. Walter, how are you? I'm very well indeed. Uh, the new start, new year. It's, uh, as the weather girls sang, it's raining men. Uh, Manchester, it's raining goals. It is raining goals, isn't it? 16 goals in four days. <laughs> After thrashing Rotherham United 7-0, as if that wasn't good enough for you guys, then it's a 9-0 win against Burton Albion. The next guest we have in the house is Colin Savage, Presswich Blue. Colin, how are you? Good, I'm just hot foot from the CFA, where we've had a City Matters meeting, and it's damp and foggy out there, so I'm glad to get in. Glad to be talking to you guys. We also have our very own Mr. G. David Gregory. How are you, David? I'm very well, thank you. Fantastic. Well, guys, going into this game, we're playing Burton. I'll be in Burton, of course, ninth in League One, a league that we were in 20 years ago. 51 places below City. Let me start off, guys, with a quotation by a certain Mark Ogden Walter, famous journalist Mark Ogden. Here's his quote. He says, there's a professional etiquette of not taking the piss. It's debatable whether City should have eased up after six. Put that out on Twitter, Walter. What do you think? I think Mark Ogden speaking through his uh, backside, to be honest. You know what I mean? It's one of these ways just think, if we'd have eased up, that's taking the piss more. You know, that's like saying, well, you know, it's, it's almost treating the opposition with contempt. And, you know, the crowd was there and just towards the end of the game, you could just hear the chance of, we want 10, we want 10. And, you know, it was the biggest margin of victory, joint biggest margin of victory ever for City. So it was a, just a fantastic evening of fantastic football. And I'd like to, just before I go any further, get it right out there, that I completely sort of respected Burton Albion for not just doing a Cardiff, you know, uh, doing a Neil Warnock or whatever, and just starting to put in snipe, dirty tackles. They were a team that came to play football, and they could have quite easily scored a couple of goals. Um, I just wanted to get it out there. Yeah, you know, they came to play football the right way, and they were outclassed, but I'm sure Clough could have learned so much from that defeat and taken it with him as a manager as he would have done with any kind of draw or victory that he'd normally get within the, his own league. You know, and he, I hope that he's got the ear of Pep and, you know, he can ring Pep or whatever because Pep would appreciate someone who turns up and doesn't try and uh, boot you off the park, as it were. David, Gregory, same point to you. Mark Ogden wasn't the only one. One of the comments, the Guardian piece on the game, let me quote it to you. It says, that was just repellent, wasn't it? Burton Albion's biggest ever moment in football. A local club reliant on local resources. Billions of oil money bought talent and it didn't leave them with a modicum of dignity they should have left off at four or five what do you think? I think no matter what City do these people who steal a living from journalism would dig a big hole had we done what these guys are suggesting they'd have then accused us of patronisation 
and saying, how dare you? You've deliberately, you said, well, you know, we could have said, well, why not let them have a couple of goals? You know, the interesting thing is, is watching it when we came home, we put it on Sky for the first half before we went to bed. The professional footballers, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and Scott Minto in the box, said exactly the same thing. You know, this is a professional, this is your job. You're a professional footballer. You know, I, I endorse everything that Walter said. I, I, have a, I have a ton of respect for Burton, for the way they attracted him, and for the fans who kept singing as the little hearts out. Yeah. That is what football is all about. And you didn't have any whining from Nigel Clough. You didn't have any nasty tackles from any of his players. It's just a golfing class. And if we had, have said four will be enough, not bother with the second half or just pass the ball around we'd have been slated for that so these people are just determined to dig a big hole and chuck City in it and it doesn't matter what we do they're going to they're going to find something to whine about yeah Colin Savage it certainly seems like the, the media have looked at all the possible scenarios the different scenarios and they've got their lines ready for whatever happens doesn't it oh yeah uh, funny we just had this conversation at the uh, committee only meeting at City Matters and someone said uh, United beat Ipswich 9-0 a few seasons ago so they checked the write-up of that game it was like United's golden performance and of course we get the we get the opposite it was interesting actually I was driving to the meeting tonight this is the Five Live and they interviewed a Burton fan and of course a lot of the Burton fans were stuck on the M6 trying to get to the game last night and the interview was done he asked her the question did City kind of do a what, what was your view on City scoring nine basically and she said well you know they showed us some respect they turned out a top team and they played like a top team they didn't patronise me as David said like with a pat on the head City played the way we'd expect City to play and there was a golfing class that we expected and I think again someone made the point that when we go to Burton for the second leg in a couple of weeks Burton fans they want to see Sergio Aguero they want to see David Silva they want to see Kevin De Bruyne it's not arrogant but that's what they you know those are the players that they will get a chance to see maybe once a season in an FA Cup you know, they drew Manchester United of course though, was it last season those are the sort of players they want to see they, they don't want to see the, the youth team or the women's team and so one of, one of the kids asked them Dad did you really play against David Silva Say yes, sir, I did. And, and the Burn fans weren't bothered, so it's really only the media. Talking to bothered. some some Rotherham fans as well, they they'd said, you know, that we, we didn't expect anything out of the game, but to actually see that quality firsthand was pretty special. A long time ago, where Barnsley had a, a season in the top flight, and a director from uh, one of our sister companies was a big Barnsley fan, and he said, much as it's lovely to see all these top quality players, you don't want to see a ripping your team to bits week in week out no but it's, it's, it's more of a case of a one off isn't it you know and uh, apparently some were saying that the lucky ones were the ones that were stuck on the M6 <laughs> <laughs> yeah they asked this girl she was called Emily she was really nice and they said what score was it she got in 15 minutes from the end said, what score was it when you got in she said 8-0 <laughs> at the end of the day you know you, if you're a Burton Albion fan uh, it's a fantastic achievement to get to a semi-final it's, it always makes me laugh when you get fans from the other big clubs and they say you've no history as if history is only about winning silverware it's, you know, it's just fundamentally wrong you know your history you know can be you know there's certain big games within the year that you like to win and there's derbies and there's upsets you know along the path and that is your season and us beating United sometimes is, I probably got as much enjoyment out of that as you know a United fan did winning the league cup or an FA cup 
it's just a different kind of perspective on football. Yeah. And it's so it's not a one size fits all where unless you win trophies, you have no history. Just utter nonsense. And you know, the yeah. journalists are as bad for this. But the people who say you have no history, that's all they're harking back to. You know, that when did you last <laughs> actually win anything? Because so many of them can't remember. Because they were you know, they weren't born last time Liverpool won a title. Well it's quite interesting the fact that I, I mean I, I'm a teacher and I teach kids now who don't remember when United were better than City and I am sitting there rubbing my hands about that you know it's uh, we are the dominant club and that's much all they've known guys uh, perhaps we should leave uh, this particular part of the discussion with uh, a few choice comments that I've seen online there's a lovely little repost between um, a Man City fan and a Liverpool fan and the Liverpool fan says Liverpool would have stopped at four and shown some proper class quick as a flash the City fan replied you stopped at one when you played City last week and there's a, a fantastic guy called Sparky Griswold on the, the Guardian in the, in the comments section and I think he sums it up perfectly guys he said maybe it's just me but if I was a Burton player I'd rather be beaten 9-0 by and um, get to play against De Bruyne Jesus Silva Sami and the rest than be condescended to and beaten 2-0 by a group of teenagers in 10 years time if I'm a former Burton player talking to my mates and my family about this game would I rather say I never got to play against the best players because they were all rested and I got nutmegged by some 16 year old that no one can remember or would I rather say all the best players were out there they were amazing I got nutmegged by Kevin De Bruyne who then hit a 25 metre cross field pass which was the best thing I've ever seen in the football pitch and he gave me his shirt after the game and here it is I know which conversation I'd rather be having I think that sums it up very nicely guys but uh, perhaps we could take a look at the, the lineup. so we had um, 20 year old Norwich Walker Eric Garcia 18 years old Otamendi Zinchenko De Bruyne Gundogan David Silva Jesus and uh, Leroy Sané David were you happy with that lineup? oh yeah yeah it's, it's a quality lineup. I, I think the cup game at the beginning of the week emphasised the quality and the strength in depth that we made a lot of changes for our cup game with Rotherham but still put out a very powerful side and there have been changes again but still a very powerful side and you know you think about the players that weren't there that could have been there and yeah. that, that's what's going to carry us through and we, it has carried us so far you think well we haven't had a game I don't think yet where but yeah the last one where Fernandinho Kevin and David all started a Premier League match we've only had one which was the uh, the last one pretty frightening guys because you had, you had Stone, Sterling, Delft and Ederson on the bench not used and Aguero company Laporte Fernandinho were totally rested so that is an amazing uh, array of players that weren't even involved in the the 90 or so minutes there was some speculation about John Stones guys because I don't know if you've read this in the newspapers but John Stones had been living with his uh, girlfriend and a child he's actually moved out of their house and moved into a bachelor pad on his own and is apparently now getting the young lady's face which he had tattooed on his arm removed surgically perhaps his head uh, wasn't in the game but let me just read you a quote by a certain Mr. Ducker on the Telegraph and his response to the lineup was this and I quote it is staggering Phil Foden is not starting against League One Burton at home 
tonight. Just staggering. And then later in the Telegraph, or in his piece, he said, Burton were crushed as expected, and yet Phil Foden still started on the bench. Guardiola claimed David Silva needed the minutes, but this was a moment that helps to explain why Sancho and Diaz left City. Walter, what do you think? I think, uh, first things, what's Mr. Ducker ever won in a football context? Having the audacity in some respects, slag off at Guardiola. But Guardiola's job is to manage Manchester City. It is not in any way, shape or form to produce youth talent to benefit England or whoever. And Bolton started the game at Rotherham and he came on and you know, scored a goal that he absolutely meant this time. So Bolton's happy. You know, there's this talk about, you know, oh, you know, Sancho's gone here or you know, Diaz has gone there. And then you think, well, Eric Garcia's come our way. So, you know, it's a little bit of a merry-go-round at the top. And, you know, if, you, if Real Madrid come knocking and you are a young Spanish lad who supported them, you know, you could if, if I was uh, playing in France or whatever and City could call him, I'd be there. I'd walk back to Manchester to do that. So, you know, you can't compete with that kind of um, sort of tie that, you know, a youngster has to a club. And I just think, Pep Guardiola is there to manage Manchester City. Did they do well? Yes, they did. So, what's the problem? You know, and if you look at Phil Foden and he's 18, uh, what was Paul Scholes doing at the age of 18? You know, he wasn't starting for Manchester United. He wasn't figuring, you know, week in, week out for them. So, you know, there's no real comparison in it because he's so young. That's what we seem to forget. And um, if these players come through, that's wonderful. You know, in an ideal world, I'd love to see 11 Mancunians take the pitch and wipe the floor with everybody but that's not the real world and to get into the Manchester City side you've got to be a very special talent and I'm talking you know if I, if I personally believe if, if City entered the World Cup as it were they'd win it hands down because that's the sort of level that you're talking about you're talking about international players and not just your average one of the mill international players we're talking quality players um, for you know, James Ducker to try and again it's just another angle isn't it it's just another little whatever you know just to have a go at Manchester City and it comes across as very bitter and poor journalism in the end I think every one of these journalists when they write their name on a byline should put in brackets what club they actually support and if you did you'd have James Ducker Liverpool stroke Manchester United and there's a well known rule in journalism never let the truth and the facts get in the way of a good story there's no pleasing some people we had on a, a 20 year old in Murich we had an 18 year old in Eric Garcia and Foden got on in the 58th minute to replace Kevin De Bruyne. so there's really no, no pleasing people is there yeah, you know we have Gabriel Jesus and Sane both young players I might think yeah. through the academy but Sinchenko as well 21 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. gosh my goodness but guys we better move on because we've got uh, nine goals to talk through Walter the first one was yeah. uh, Kevin De Bruyne after. It was an interesting that the assist king became the scorer and I don't think I've ever seen Kevin De Bruyne score with his head before. Well, it was just a beautiful ball in. I mean, I was sort of behind, you could see the, the angle of the ball and you see David Silva just pop his head up as he does and just survey the landscape, you know, like a, he's almost like a lord of the manor who's sort of surveying his land, you know, and just taking his time about it and he just looked up and popped that ball in you could see Kevin De Bruyne who was with two uh, centre-halves 
pass it a little far bigger than he did, but such was the quality of the ball and such was the quality of the finish. Hey ho, one nil Manchester City, and all the Blues are very happy. That's how I saw it. David, seven minutes later, Marcus Harness got a great chance for Burton, didn't he? And he blasted over. Oh yeah, it was a very, very good chance, and it was probably harder to put it where he put it than it would have been to score. I think he's just—he suddenly saw his, his naming lights and a bit of rashness took over. But it, very similar to the Rotherham game, we scored the first goal and then we let them have a go and let them have. It. And they went—they had a, a, a period, you know, in 15, 20 minutes where they were well in that game, which you know the scoreline doesn't reflect that. But you know, you were you're thinking, come on, lads, you know, <laughs> let's let's put this to bed. You went, and they did. The, you know, the goals came a little bit sooner than they did sooner than they did against Rotherham. But Burton, you know, as, as we said, Burton had to go for them. They, you know, they, they, they were not the same class. But I think that each of those players will have learned a tremendous amount about the game. Colin, it was refreshing that they weren't trying to kick us off the park like a lot of teams would have done. They were in the game. Uh, they were doing their best. It took us, actually, from, from there until the half-hour mark before we got goal number two. This was Gabriel Jesus' first goal was uh, onside. Do you remember that one? This was uh, Leroy Sané uh, taking a shot that got blocked. Gabby J straight in there to nod in. Goalkeeper made a save, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Jesus was between like four or five of them to, to nod it home. Gabriel was the fastest to that ball out of four players. His frame was there straight away, which was lovely to see. Four minutes later, it's Gabriel Jesus with City's third and his second. And uh, there seemed to be a little interruption with that one for a VAR decision. Gundogan chips in for David Silva to square for Gabriel to slot home, guys. What about that VAR thing? I didn't like that. You know, with the it was almost the whole crowd had celebrated. On the screens in the um, stadium, you could see the goal flashing up and etc, etc. And then it kind of uh, it sort of big sort of Carabao Cup sort of logo. And underneath it, it was sort of saying pending bar. The linesman got it right because he gave the goal. And I understand that it's got to be done, but it just, uh, it needs for me to work effectively. That needs to be done a lot quicker because it did take two and a half, maybe three minutes. And you're all sort of looking at each other thinking, well, what the bloody hell's going on? And then you realise that the bar, because nobody makes a, a statement, you just sort of look at the screen and you're sort of seeing it. And fortunately it was given. And when Gundogan sort of played that ball, Silva was in a, when he when he played it, he was in a, an onside position. When he collects it, he's in the offside position. Yeah. But obviously when the ball's played. It was played, yeah. um, what a what, what a bit of vision though from Silva, that one touch to Gabby. You know, and it's so unselfish as well. You know, you just think, but that's the, that's the beauty of David Silver, isn't it? With his beautiful, full, 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 full head of hair away at these days. Yeah. Re- reading the BBC uh, sport. Uh, report on the game it said a tap-in for Gabriel uh, and it wasn't because he brought the ball back wrong-footed two defenders and then very cleverly put it in the in the right-hand yeah. corner uh, but I could understand I, yeah, I could understand yeah, BBC getting a bit confused when there's so many goals to report on <laughs> but I think that without that time lapse of VAR is only the time that the players would set, spend celebrating I think by the time because it all got back into position ready for to kick off by the time the goal was actually given then there was the confusion then there was all the players back in it was, 
two and a half to three minutes. Well, actually, the, the funny thing was, uh, I was looking at, I was in the south stand, and so I could see the screens on the north stand end. And normally, I was waiting for them to replay the goal, and they didn't. And normally, uh, when they don't replay an incident, there's some controversy. And yeah. thinking, oh, what's going on here? And then I realised they were using VAR. So, but it, it, got, it was a minute or two where you got a shout now. Obviously, it must have been offside because they weren't showing yeah, it. Yeah, guys, there were there were yeah. three goals in a seven-minute spell from the half-hour mark. Just to clarify, uh, that first goal from Gabriel Jesus was a blocked shot from Leroy Sane, uh, and uh, Ga- Gabriel Jesus darts in to nod it in. That's number two. A uh, few minutes later, four minutes later, actually, Gabriel Jesus with a second one and this is uh, Ilkay Gundogan chipping it into David Silva and he squares nicely for Gabby J to slot home he took it down and uh, just snookered it into the uh, into the corner that's David Silva's second assist um, and the, the 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 one that killed the game really, as if that didn't kill the game at three 0 on thirty seventh minute Zinchenko David Gregory did he mean that? Certainly not. <laughs> I mean, he, he, at least he had the good grace not to go celebrating like he like he did. Um, now he, 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 that was a, a, a miss hit, but it was one of those heads. We've seen it often enough watching City, where you think it's never going to go in. You know, we're we're pinging about in the penalty area. We're doing this. We are, and and last night, virtually everything we tried went in. Uh, I was just sad that Burton were on the receiving end of that. But no, that was that was a, a cross that he was attempting and completely miss hit it and over the keeper's head. Um, so I disagree with you. I just I think he meant it. Um, I think he meant it. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think he meant it. And if you look, um, when it was uh, he did the uh, basketball shot afterwards as his sort of celebration. It was and what I love was all the players. You can see the camaraderie. They all come round him because that's his first goal. And the, the interviewer after the game said, uh, "Did you mean it?" And he, he looked sort of like a little bewildered. He went, well, "You know, show some respect." <laughs> of course, he meant it. <laughs> and. Um, no, I don't think it was, to be honest. I don't think it was. I, th- I honestly think he meant it. I think it was there. He's seen the... It pops, you can see him look up, and then it's just that dink. And what a beautiful dink it was. So, there's only one person that absolutely 100% knows if he meant it or not. But I, with his reaction, I think he did. I don't think he was aiming at that ball at anyone. I mean, I remember Yo-Yo Torres in the uh, League Cup final against Sunderland. And at yeah. first I thought he must have he must have crossed that. And you think, well, there's no one, near, no one there to cross it to. And there was no one there to cross it to when Zinchenko played that in. So, he, I, I think he's got to have meant it. He saw the goalkeeper slightly off his line. Although, Colin, Yaya's got enough. That game was the was not the best goal. You you've got to remember what the best goal was, surely. Samir Nazare, what a outside of the right foot, the best goal that was ever scored anywhere. Although, well, that's what I. We've well, got to put this love affair with Nazare to bed. Come on, uh, Walter, you were talking about Jesus Navas. Uh, what what goal was that? Yeah, Did he score the third goal in that game? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> that was the best goal. <laughs> only to only to only to only to the Guys, listen. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. I saw something. I mentioned somewhere. A tweet somewhere that said 
Uh, Gabriel Jesus scored four goals last night. Uh, Jesus Navas scored four goals I in his know, whole City career. I was wonderful. So by Fair the 37th minute, it's 4-0, and that's how we went into halftime. Game over. It was incredible. Um, what do you think about this Gabriel Jesus? He looks a bit of a talent. Uh, does he not, David? Yeah, I, I think every one of those goals was a well-crafted goal. Um, and it, it has to. We said this after Shakhtar, that, that Patrick will have done his confidence the world of good but two of those were penalties um, these all these were from open play and the touch and the that, that, that second one the, the city setting one where he was the first to the ball shows that it's it's coming coming right for him but again bear in mind he's only a young lad you know he's, he's moved away from his homeland he's, he's now got his family around him thankfully uh, and there's a lot a lot more to come from this this lad um, I, I was thrilled to bits for him because he's got you know the, the, a wonderful as, a, attitude to the game it doesn't matter who scores he's there love, loving it and he's, he, he works so hard so to actually get that for those four goals I was thrilled to bits for him and of course, if, if we'd have stopped like the pe- press wanted us to do, it wouldn't yeah, have got well, Walter, no. I read actually one write-up um, which said that uh, Gabby J has got Aguero worried for his starting place. I think that's going a little bit too far, isn't it? Well, Aguero's one of the greatest strikers in the world, and what we sometimes do, uh, I, I believe quite a few City fans do, and just as a country, absolutely we do as a Premier League, we forget how good um, Aguero is. I mean, this is one of the top strikers in the world, and he's proved it season in, season out. He's had his break now at, at Christmas, and he's going to come back. His annual December leave, as it were. Leave, yeah. and, he, and he's just going to come back and put it this way if you've got one player running down on goal and you have to put your mortgage on it, which city player would you put? And, you know, it's Aguero for me anyway, because this is just, he's just lethal. You know, that low centre of gravity. There's defenders who wake up in the middle of the night in cold sweats thinking about some of the uh, performances of uh, Sergio Aguero. So you can big up all these strikers from all these teams. We see it week in, week out, just how good this man is. And it's been a privilege as a Manchester City fan to sit there and watch him week in, week out. And there's going to be a statue of this fella built outside the Etihad when he leaves and he hangs up his boots. And there's talk of, you know, if Aguero or when Aguero goes, what are we going to do? And we're going to have to splash an enormous amount of money to replace him because... You're not going to get anyone like him. I mean, simple as that. I mean, he's, 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 you may do, you know what I mean? Never say never, you know, because there's a lot of these South Americans, uh, and he's a real South American player as well. That low center of gravity. I mean, Suarez was fantastic for Liverpool, but that was in a Tevez was fantastic. You know, there's there's a lot of them. So to sort of say never, never's a long time, if you know what I mean. But it's just been a privilege to watch him, and I just, I love the guy. Yeah, but he's no Lee Bradbury, is he? <laughs> well, Lee Lee Bradbury, unless he's unless he's listening, of course. Well, then, yes, you build the statue correct. of uh, Gabriel Jesus, you can be sure it'll be one where he's slinging his shirt over his head in it in celebration of a certain goal. But guys, that took us into halftime, and just to clear up the confusion um, from earlier, uh, twelve minutes into the second half, then we had number three, Gabriel Jesus hat trick, and this is a uh, silver 
playing through to Maris, and Maris dinked a beautiful little ball across. And this was uh, his second. This was Jesus' second header, second headed goal, and Maris' first assist. He would go on to make two assists, but that was a lovely little uh, dinked ball by Riyad Maris, uh, Walter, wasn't it? He's got skill. Well, he, he, well, he has got. I mean, undoubtedly, you know, he's not. Maybe, maybe he hasn't made the impact yet that a lot of City fans wanted him to make. But this is a player who's coming in, as I have said on previous podcasts, he's coming in with about a thousand million instructions from Pep Guardiola about what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing, how to shape your body, you know, and when you're running. And what he's done there is Gabriel Jesus was just surrounded. You know, there's there's only one person he can pick out. And it's that little thing that just, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like, I mean, I'm not a golfer, but it's just that almost like a perfect golf shot, chip you know, shot. the trajectory, a chip shot, and it just lands. And Gabriel Jesus has, has made the time and space for himself because of the quality of the ball and leans back and there's a big gaping hole in the goal and he just puts it in there. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have a look to see when he jumped. I wonder if he was jumping as Mares was clipping the ball in because he was in the air ready for uh, it Colin just to keep Mr. James Ducker satisfied um, Phil Foden he must have been on the pitch less than five minutes and he scores his second goal in two games uh, do you remember that one Colt? Indeed, yeah. I mean, again, he was uh, Gabriel Jesus should have had his um, fourth at that point, but he, he sort of got the ball. Please remember, he got the ball a bit mixed up. Uh, couldn't quite hit it cleanly. And it, uh, Phil Foden just wasn't was like a heat-seeking missile. He was just in on that ball, almost shoved Gabriel Jesus out of the way and thumped it into the back of the net. And of course, that was his Second first goal at the Etihad. Surely, did he not score in the last the last game? <laughs> That was second goal, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure he Come on. <laughs> it was a bit lucky, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm telling you now, they, they count just as much as the 30-yard screamers. They all yeah, count. It was a weird one, that. But yeah, yeah. So he, but he wasn't going to let that one go, so... so um, This is turning into a feeding frenzy, David Gregory. Three minutes later, beautiful chest control by Leroy Sané. And uh, he his pass was a nutmeg through the, through the defender's leg to Gabriel Jesus to flick it in for number four. What did you think about that one? I think it was superb. The, the pass to Leroy from Riyad Mahrez was oh, the one, yeah. one that, that created it because it took you know, two defenders right out of the mix. Um, but again, it, it shows the, the composure and the team spirit that play the ball to a, to a player who is in a better position than you. That he could, he's every right to take it on himself, Leroy. But he thought, you know, Gabby's in a much better position. And even that, even though, even though he's right in front of the goal, he's still got a keeper to beat. And he just gently steers it where the goalkeeper ain't got a hope in hell. It was just one of those games, as I said before, that everything that we tried came off. And it makes up for some of the games where no matter how much we tried, we haven't been able to get through. Um, but it, I, I, I was at this point. I was actually beginning to feel very sorry for the for the player. <laughs> I wasn't. I'm telling you. I always what I wanted to do. I think I wanted to put out a strong team in that first leg and kill it. You know, just oh, yeah. kill the leg and. Yeah. 
I mean, it's got all slightly off topic, but what I'd like to see almost, I mean, you were talking about disrespect. I'd send the team that played with Murich in goal, I'd send the team that played Rochdale. They're in the same league, I think, and uh, one four two. Dale in the Czech trade trophy, you know, send that team good. What the beauty of that is, if they send that team there, all those players, I think, according to the, the, the rules of the club, they'll all have a trophy, a, a senior trophy, <laughs> because they've, um, well, that's personally what I would do. You know, give, tell our players, and they'll probably jet off halfway around the world like they normally do and have crashes in cars in Amsterdam, etc. But I'd tell our players, look, have that break because we've got a lot of games. You know, once the Champions League kicks back in, just we've got a lot of games. So I think it makes sense. And I don't think Pep would do that. And I'm not a manager of anywhere near his colleague, but that's certainly what I would do. Uh, David, it is a fascinating question about what kind of team uh, Pep should put out for the second leg. I mean, I mean, pretty much anything that you would do would be seen as, as taking the mickey, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's younger, younger you, or you're shot. The you know, choice is yours. Uh, I think he'll put out a, a reasonably strong team, out purely out of respect, because that, that he is big on that. I mean, he's... He went out and spoke to their keeper yesterday before he came off. He went round. He didn't have a bad game, did he? No, he was just very unfortunate. And he, you know, he's in a way. I think at the back end of the Rotherham game where you know we're seven nil up and Edison pulled off a very very good save because you know a clean sheet is as important to a defender and a goalkeeper as yeah. scoring goals is to a striker you know you don't want it to happen um, he, he was their I think he's their second choice keeper on loan from Chelsea um, but he also he sent all, used all his subs uh, Nigel Clough so everybody got a taste of the atmosphere you know and by that time I mean, you know, don't send me on. I think they were champing at the bit. I want to get out there and play. You know, what else can you do? But they did. They, they stuck to the task. Um, and I think he'll pick a, a, a reasonably strong side um, for, for that. Again, purely purely because if he doesn't, he will, he will be accused of taking the mix. Well, believe it or not, guys, the goal that we just described was number seven. That was in the 65th minute. That was Leroy Sane's second assist. Guys, I just want to take you back in time to uh, goal number four, the Zinchenko goal, and just ask a question. Um, Leroy passed it to Zinchenko before Zinchenko took that shot. Does that count as an assist? Yeah, yeah, I think it does. The person who scores. Well, the the, the goal number seven was Leroy's second assist in the game. And five minutes later, Kyle Walker, David, Kyle Walker scores a goal for Man City. Well, that is taking the make now, isn't it? When Kyle Walker scores. That's what we said at the game last time. When you fall back, it turns up to the six-yard bar. But it was a very well-taken goal. You know, it wasn't, you know, he knew exactly what he was doing. Side of the foot, plenty of power, bang, that's that. That's me. And I think for, for, for the way that the, the rest of the players went to celebrate with him, says, okay, you're forgiven now. You know, you, you, your misdemeanors of the, of the last few weeks are all over. You're back to normal. And he, you know, he enjoyed that as well. Well, what, what, if you notice, he brought he brought the ball up. He, he he brought the ball up from the right back position and played it all the way up to uh, about about halfway to the halfway line and the edge of the area. 
So he's got that far up. He's played the ball out and then it's gone out wide and he's just carried on just with that natural sort of run and just thought, thank you very much. And it was, to be honest with you, it was quite a nice finish, if you notice. He probably got told <laughs> off when he, when he came back in and said, you know, what are you doing there? <laughs> you should have you should have played the ball and then come back to your defensive position. Yeah. What are you doing there? Well, it's, 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 it's what I like to call, it's almost like liquid football. And it was like Burton were there almost trying to stop liquid. You know, it, it just... It was pinging about, but it was just slowly just working its way toward the goal. And there was nothing they could do either. The quality was on show. That sort of, again, I just have to reiterate the point. I'm glad they didn't turn into, you know, you're 8-0 down, you're 9-0 down, and you're just getting really you know, pissed off. You don't just start booting people. So, yeah, you know, fair play to them. You can't stop Liquid. No, no, they're... they're- now, saying that they, they, I've a lot of respect for for them and and Nigel Clough, you, you, the team quite often replicates the view of the manager and plays the way the manager wants it to do. And you know, there's a shot of him uh, I watched on TV when when the eight, the ninth had gone in. He's just oh my god, you know, blow the whistle, let's get in. Um, but he said afterwards again, magnanimous in defeat, and said, you know, this is what you know. My players will learn so much from the experience. Actually, a club could learn a few things from the Rotherham and the Burton Albion manager in terms of class and in terms of uh, how to react when your team loses. There was a little uh, line on Twitter from some wiseacre who just said, that's how you win against uh, lower league opposition, Mr. Klopp. And uh, that was true. That, the Walker goal was number eight. A lovely little uh, assist from Mares uh, to Walker for that goal. Guys, that was Mares' second assist. And in fact, we had three players on a brace of assists. Two assists each for Silva, Sane and Mares. Three-headed goals as well, which is quite unusual. But we weren't done yet because on the 83rd minute, the man who had made those two assists, Riyad Mares, finally gets his goal. Anybody remember this one? Yeah, it was scoring. <laughs> he he was scoring. Really? He took a full swing and he kind of he missed it, and he was like, "Oh, it's just sort of bobbled." And he just thought, "Hang on a minute." I still, it was one of these. Ah, oh, it's one of them where I'd, it was my type of goal that I'd score. Just toe poke it, and it goes in. So fair play to Morris. You know, he's uh, he's managed to to get on that score sheet and join in with all the fun of the rest of the players we seem to be having. <laughs> Colin Savage, uh, City did have a chance to get the 10th that the crowd were shouting for. Do you remember Zinchenko's header? And of course, David Silva missed one um, earlier in the half, didn't he? That he should have gone. And he also had a shot which the goalkeeper tipped onto the post, if yeah. I remember right. Deflect, deflected off of one of the players. Oh, deflected off the defender onto the, of the post. post. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we could have had that 10th goal quite easily. I mean, David Silva should have got that first chance, really, because it was an open... Lads, 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 lads. I think we're being a bit picky. We got now. <laughs> you know, perfection. You got you know, But yeah, I mean, that, actually, that that last few minutes was really interesting because obviously we were singing "We Want 10. City were trying, obviously trying to get the ten because I think we we coasted without wishing to be disrespectful. We coasted through that game in, in a bit first gearish in many ways. Yeah. Uh, the first game with the handbrake on. You know, we didn't. I don't think we did. Um, we did in some ways, I think. 
um, take it a bit easier than we would have done against we would do against Burnley in the FA Cup or something. We did give Burton a little bit of an easy time of it, but that last few minutes, the intensity went up on both sides because uh, we were thinking we won ten. The players were obviously looking to get ten, and Burton actually, although they looked shattered for about 65-70 minutes, they were throwing their bodies around, defending like crazy. So that was actually where you'd expect the match to peter out. The last five minutes were actually yeah, really really exciting. One yeah. thing I wanted to know is could the scoreboard handle the ten? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. We were all There's a big nine question. up there. I'm thinking, can they actually show that? Uh, I've no idea, but I want to find out. <laughs> <laughs> It was a carnival atmosphere. Is there, is there a rule about how what that precise number is that you have to get to before they put it in words in brackets after the actual number? Is it is it nine? Is it ten? Seven. Is I that think. right? No, seven. It used to be on the video printer. Go, there, there you go. Show me age. So uh, any youngsters listening, Google video printer, BBC video printer, and when it came up with seven, I think maybe because it looks similar to a one or a two, they used to put it in brackets. Seven, or as they say in America. Touchdown. <laughs> well, uh, David Gregory, apparently the Burton fans coming out of the ground weren't in all uh, bad spirits. There's a, a girl on Twitter, Kipax girl, Emily. She's on uh, Ian Cheeseman's new City podcast, Forever Blue. There's a plug for you, Ian. And she says that uh, the Burton fans were singing, we're going to win 10-9. We're going to win 10-9 for the second leg. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's that- City. It is City. So, you know, expect your expectations. Yeah, I'm saying. Book, book your tickets to Wembley, book your hotels, book your coaches, book your trains. It's dead. It's done. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's uh, There's no coming back from this. This is buried. Oh, no. You know what I mean? Could well be right, Walt, yeah. Oh, there's no could be. If you, uh, put it this way. What you should do then is put uh, put £10 on Burton to get to the final. <laughs> and if, if, yes. if, uh, if you manage to get to the final, you won't care because you'll be a rich man. <laughs> a safety a safety bet is a safety bet is what we used to call. Hello, Walter. Uh, somebody, uh, uh, I, I think there's a little rumor going around that perhaps you booked your holidays down there as soon as you heard that it was Burton. Is that true? Uh, well, uh, to be honest, I felt confident. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's uh, oh, come on! It's it, we can't. I mean, I didn't think it'd be as emphatic as it was. But I thought Burton, you know, with all the best will in the world, we should be beating them. You know, we should be progressing. And I'm hoping we get Tottenham in the final rather than Chelsea because uh, Chelsea looked good the other night compared to Tottenham, even though they lost 1 0. So I'm hoping it's going to be a Tottenham. Um, do you know what I'm hoping? Revenge. Revenge for A1. You know what I mean? A1 that's, that's, that's would that's be nice, right. wouldn't it, to, to match the United oh, It'd just be symmetrical. That'd be worlds meeting, planets colliding. That'd just be fantastic. And I bet the uh, Tottenham fans wouldn't take that defeat with the same grace that the Burton fans did. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be part of the fun, wouldn't well, it? Well, guys, this was the, fir- the first time in more than 31 years that City had scored more than eight goals in a single match. You will remember the last time that happened in November 1987, guys? You remember which game that was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the 10-1 against Huddersfield. So, uh, that's right, guys. So, um, the second leg is on Wednesday, 23rd of January. 
January at the, at, uh, the Pirelli Stadium, which I'm assuming is the name of, uh, of, of Burton's stadium. And then the final is on Sunday, February 24th. And of course, as Walter said, it's either going to be Tottenham or Chelsea in the final. Of course, Harry Kane's uh, disputed penalty gives them a one-goal one lead in that game. We're beginning to make this uh, competition our own, David, aren't we? Because we've actually won this in three of the, the past five years, if, if I've got it right. Yeah, yeah, beat Sunderland, uh, beat Loserpool, and then uh, beat Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Semi-finalists um, twice. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's... Uh, it, I mean, at the end of the day, it's always a final is just that. We, we've got the experience um, of, of playing in major finals, which will help us. Um, I would imagine if it is Tottenham, they'll be given the away dressing room. Uh, otherwise, it'll be just like a home game for them. Uh, well, this is true. Well, I'm sure the newspapers will be all over it, saying that they shouldn't be doing it, and they shouldn't be playing here because that's their home stadium. But we've beaten them there already this season. I think you're wishful thinking. They would beat them on a bogmire of a pitch as well, and that was a disgrace. They shouldn't. They should have got hauled over the coals for that. That yeah. that still annoys me. Still to this day, we still we won the game. It was an absolute disgrace. I mean, I was saying I I love I I'm going to go against tradition here. I prefer this than the FA Cup. I was saying it's like a little present early. It's almost like Santa coming at the end of November and just dropping off a nice little nugget for you to get you anticipated for the big trophies at the end. The only thing that annoys me about the League Cup final and I prefer the FA Cup final is why, why, why do we have to play it on a Sunday? You know, it's uh, you go down and you know City fans have got to get back. And I remember there's a lot of uh, hassle on the motorways. We shut the motorways last time uh, for all these City fans coming back and uh, people weren't getting back. To what, about seven in the morning then having to go to work so if they played it on a Saturday and football is a Saturday game there's no reason that on the planet they should be playing this on a Sunday they should play on a Saturday we can go down make a full weekend of it and all be quite happy or quite sad as the case may be at work on Monday L- Lovely little table uh, David was uh, put on uh, on Twitter and uh, the, the caption was most goals in all competitions in Europe's top five leagues this season now in sixth place you had Arsenal on 66 Sevilla 68 in fifth position Tottenham 70 on fourth Barcelona 71 or in third spot in second spot Paris Saint-Germain with 77 and then there's a certain team who are top of all uh, most goals scored in all competitions with 91 goals care to take a, a guess on who that is? can only be one team and that's the Magnificent Blues well, I'm, I'm, I'm 90, oh we have 96 well that's what the table said but we're not going to argue with a, a numbers man like you uh, Colin but uh, 91 was the figure that was published but uh because I thought we were on 91 at half time so we scored a little that's that, that could be that could be that they put that out before the beginning of the second half okay alright fair enough okay well guys I, I've got a little pop quiz question for uh, for you guys City are the first side in the, in the top four tiers of English football to score at least seven goals in back to back matches in all competitions since Leeds United did so back in October October 1967. Got to, this has got to be one for uh, for Colin or, or or David. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember Leeds United against Spore Luxembourg in the Ferris Cup when they won seven 0 and then beat Chelsea seven 0 in the game straight after? 
1967. Uh, I remember Leeds when they they won a title in that time, and the, in that title winning year, they only lost two games. One was to Burnley, and the other one was to the Magnificent City. Well, this one's a, slight, this is a slightly easier one for you guys. Uh, Gabby Jesus has now scored two hat-tricks at the Etihad. Only two Man City players have uh, scored more hat-tricks. Who were they, and how many hat-tricks? Aguero. And, Tevez and Carlos Tevez four. four. Carlos Tevez four. Sergio Aguero, how many? Ten. Ten hat tricks. Very, very good. David. Okay. So, guys, I think we're pretty much done in Burton. Apart from just to satisfy my curiosity, what was the reason for all of the traffic uh, congestion that made the Burton fans not get there in time? Was there an accident on the motorway, something like that? Better than um, that. A, a, lot, a, a load of illegal migrants had escaped from a truck, apparently. Is that true? Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness! Didn't you see that? Police, police. About twenty. They're allegedly twenty-seven. The driver of the vehicle is under arrest, and I think they they arrested four. So I don't know where the rest are. But that raised raised all sorts of questions. As why why stop it there? Why not take it off onto a, the services or onto the hard shoulder? But you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Well, it's nice to see that Clough uh, Junior uh, retained his sense of humour. He said at the end of the game, "It's not nice." when the goals are going in and you can do nothing to stop it. Pep said, come in for a glass of wine. I hope he's got more than one glass. (laughs) 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 Okay, guys, so we're just going to finish off with the fact that City returned to Premier League action on Monday at home to Wolves. And uh, Wolves, of course, managed by Nuno Espirito Santo. I hope you guys are all crossing yourselves when I say his name. Um, (laughs) Wolves, ninth in the table. We owe them for that Willie Bowley offside handball David do we not we do indeed uh, and it, we will be paying back in spades <laughs> I, I said the Wolves have got a pretty good record against the top team they really they? do I, I just got a quote they, they beat Chelsea 2-1 away they drew with Arsenal 1-1 they beat United in September that was Mourinho's United of course so it doesn't really count uh, but, uh, top teams top teams yeah, yeah I was talking about the top teams yeah. <laughs> exactly um, well, we'll get a good look at uh, Ruben Neves who have, has been linked with City you know, he's a guy who can stick the ball in from 25 yards but uh, what do you think how uh, how much of a threat are they how dangerous are they uh, guys what do you think uh, we'll ask that to uh, Walter first of all so, I mean, they're obviously a danger they're obviously a very good team but if Manchester City want to win this league they need to be putting teams like this to bed you know they've got to take the chances and they've got to you know if we want to be champions, we have to win more games than anybody else. And Wolves, as good as they are, they're not as good as City. So I just feel that if we want to be champions, we need to be putting teams like this to bed. And the interesting thing is they've only scored 23 goals in their 21 games. Now, the only the only teams who have scored less than them are the basically the six teams from Crystal Palace downwards, Newcastle, Burnley, Cardiff, Sanders and Fulham, or Huddersfield who are in a relegation battle. And one of them was an offside handball goal. Yes, one of them was an offside handball yeah, offside hand, off-ball, handball, handside goal. So um, defensively they're very good, but they're not scoring many. So, mind you, now they were Crystal Palace before they came to us. So I'm not sure that's any guy. But that, that, we're not going to repeat that disaster. It's, it's a nailed-on home win. 
Oh. Yeah, well, we're nearly finished, but uh, just a couple more points. Uh, the, the transfer window specialist, Walter McGarry and Castles, are predicting with certainty, well, near certainty, that Manchester City are going to get Junior Firpo from Real Betis in the, uh, in the window in January. What do you think about that one? I've never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what position does he play? Oh, well, in that case, I can't believe it. The next point better be, the next point better be, Mike, two words, Declan uh, Rice. <laughs> you, look, you're going on to me about Samir Nasri. You're a Declan Rice man, aren't you? He's a good well, player. He's, he's a kid. You know, Samir Nasri's had his time. This is a kid, and if you're looking for a homegrown player to bring into the squad who could replace, or not replace, but certainly be under the tutelage of Ferrandinho, I can't think of a young English talent that's better suited to this role than young Declan. So, yeah, the talk of 50 million bins, just bang the 50 million down and bring him, bring him, bring him up north, and we'll make it. Make that the problem is, he's just signed a new contract, hasn't he? I had to, I had to edit a whole bit where you wax lyrical about Declan Rice out of one of our last podcasts because straight after our pod it came up on Twitter that he signed a new contract um, I don't know how uh, yeah, that doesn't matter if, you, if you're waving 50 million quid around though I suppose well it doesn't matter and the thing if you were Declan Rice and you knew that Pep Guardiola was interested in you and bringing you to Manchester City you'd be getting your bicycle your C5 Sinclair car whatever form of transport and you'd be getting up to the Etihad you, you'd be banging on the door at West Ham saying look lads thanks very much for everything you've done I want to get up there. You know, oh, you, you signed this contract. Okay, that's fine. I still want to go. And for me, you know, he's a young talent. How many times is signing a new contract a prelude to a move because the selling club can get more money for you? Very, yeah. very interesting true. point, guys. Perhaps we'll finish off with a couple of uh, nice tweets. Here's a here's a nice tweet that came out at the, at the end of the game against uh, Burton and perhaps to, sign, to silence one or two uh, journalists uh, that we've already named. This uh, poster said, During the height of gladiatorial combat in ancient Rome, the best gladiators gave their best to whoever the opponent they faced. They did not showboat. They did not toy with them. They had the respect to finish their opponent quickly. They honoured them. They honoured them by not treating them with kid gloves. That is what City did, and I respect them for, the, for, for that. And uh, that was a nice little tweet. But I think probably the best one was uh, another uh, guy who put on Twitter, in the immortal words of that little boy on the Simpsons, stop, stop, he's already dead. That came out at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, that's all I have. I just, I was disappointed. I, I wanted to get to a new song going. Uh, and I, it, we'll mow when we want. We'll mow when There was another one, Walter, I know you like your Rocky references, but there was another meme came up. I think it was um, Rocky's trainer uh, is shouting, throw in the damn towel, throw in the damn towel, instead of uh, the manager you've got Pep on there and uh, coming out of Pep's mouth is, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> but... Uh, it's, it's just, yeah, you can't be a good movie reference, can you? But it was a carnival, a carnival atmosphere. Um, I'm telling you now, it was great because there were so many young kids there as well. And they got to see, you know, they might be thinking this happens every week, but, I, you know, it certainly doesn't. But what a performance. And, you know, for young kids to watch that and then go into school the next day, just bouncing in the playground and trying to emulate some of his heroes that he saw 
you know, it's just fantastic for Manchester and it's fantastic for City. Yes. And it's fantastic for the kids who are going into school and after years of dogs abuse, some of them, you know, not these kids certainly, but, you know, some of their dads would have took. It's all good. It's all good. Six different scorers as well. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. goals in, uh, in the last four days. And uh, guys, I, uh, we've got our title for this particular poll already chosen. It's called The Triumph of Oil Over Ale. Ever had a pint of Burton's? <laughs> That's very good. No, I've no, I've not had a pint of oil to be fair either. <laughs> okay, guys, that's all I've got in my little bit of paper. Anything else? That's, I think that's, that's all sussed up, isn't it? Okay, guys, well, we'll leave it there and we'll just finish off by uh, just uh, expressing gratitude and saying farewell for now to our guests. First of all, we had on the pod on this episode, Walter Smith. Walter, we'll be speaking to you soon. Oh, yeah, live it up, blue boys and girls. Live it up. <laughs> we we also had with us Colin Savage. Thank you, Colin. It's my pleasure. And we had Mr. G. David Gregory. Thank you so much for coming on. It's always a delight to revisit these wonderful games. <laughs> That's your pod, guys. We are done. So until the next time, as we always say, have one on us. Have a pint of Burton's on us. Up the blues. <laughs> Oh, uh-huh.